Hey everyone, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. We have some strong opinions, I would say, on my end at least, to share with you today. So yeah, I have some lukewarm opinions. Yeah, I feel I feel like it, it's gonna it's gonna be a good episode because it's not just like we love it, watch it, or like we hate it, don't watch it. Yeah, we're definitely on different um, like on the scale. Uh, we're on different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Which I like that a lot of times we are on the same level, on the same page of things. Yeah. It's like why we started this in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for the listeners, we'll differ a couple, a little bit. Yeah. We watched Good Omens on Amazon, and then we also watched Happiness Begins, the Jonas Brothers documentary, also on Amazon. There's our theme of the week, Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you guys decide pre-decide <laughs> what things we didn't like and what things we did. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> okay, so for our for our top three this week, we are going to list out our top three bands we would want to write our theme song for a TV show if there was a TV show about our life. So it's not an existing song but we would ask these bands to write one or create one. Yes. And I'm picturing, like, you know in Hannah Montana, those, like, ooh, like, transitional <laughs> uh-huh. sound effects? And in Gilmore Girls. Oh, I like that. Like, how much fun it would be. That would be amazing. So, for my number three, I'm going to go with Angus and Julia. Um, great choice. Yeah, they, ha- they have the capability to make, like, a really great upbeat song. That's also still, like, not, like, pop in your face, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does make sense. Yeah. So I would choose them. Um, if you need to listen to some examples, Chateau and All This Love are two great examples of this. And listen to them. And then you could imagine what my TV show is, would sound like. And, like, great atmospheric yeah. transitional songs. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. My number three is the B-52s mm. um, because it's very fun, but like weird and kind of quirky. I love like that 80s vibe, mm-hmm. which will be a common trait, but I feel like it would just be a very like distinct, catchy, weird theme song. Yeah, I like it. I think that'd be great. And I wasn't expecting that. Mine are pretty like on the nose. Mine, they're, the future ones are on the nose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For my number two, I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. I mean, that is saying that my show is going to be the number one TV show in all the world. <laughs> that we could afford someone like Taylor Swift to write my own personal song. But, like, if Fifty Shades of Grey could do it, then why couldn't I? Easy. I feel like that's the kind of project she would love. Yeah. Because we would be great friends, and she would love me, and she would love to write a song about me. Well... <laughs> Called me. Me <laughs> being Taylor Goff, not the song we. I do not want that song. <laughs> yeah, like, which Taylor Swift songs would be the vibes you would want for your theme song? Hmm. I'm picturing, like, Call It What You Want. Yes. Call It What You Want, Wildest Dreams. So, like, my two favorite number one songs. That's which perfect. Are, again, upbeat, poppy, but, like, n- not me. It's, like, <laughs> dark pop. Yeah. Which is very your genre. Yes. Thank you. 
What's your number two? My number two is Allie and AJ. Mm, good choice. Um, Again, that kind of, I'm very uh, into like actual 80s and modern 80s inspired pop. Mm-hmm. Very synth heavy. Super, super catchy. Um, if you have not listened to Allie and AJ's newer songs... I was just going to plug that, too, because yeah. it's very important. Highly, highly recommend. I, I mean, their old stuff still holds up, but, I like, even without any nostalgia, if I had never heard of them, I would be obsessed with their songs right now. Yeah, exactly. Me, too. And we just saw them live, like, a week ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they were so good live, and it was so much fun. They were amazing. Yeah, highly. Could not recommend them uh, enough. Yeah, I think they would make a really fun theme song and vibe of my show yeah i would i would watch that show wow thank you you're welcome it's like inside i would i would like want that to be kind of the inside of my head that makes sense my number one i have to give it up to john mayer Mm. yeah i think he could write a really really great song that's catchy and funny and also upbeat but also not in your face yeah. Which apparently is my theme. <laughs> <laughs> Upbeat, but not in your face. Yes. And he covers a lot of ground of sound yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, he can even write a catchy su- catchy tune about, like, doing the laundry, and I would listen to it every day. Mm-hmm. Be, so, like, your number one song in your Spotify end of year Yeah, playlist. like, it's not even, ha- doesn't even have to be similar to, like, the music he's put out. Like, mm-hmm. It could be, like, the song that he made for Kirkland's signature brand, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and even, like, um, his collab with Khalid. Yeah. That's a good... It's very uh, different. Still yeah. sounds like him. Mm-hmm. Even though it's just guitar. Like, you can still tell that it's John. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm even thinking, like, his folksier songs, but also New Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great one. Thank you. My number one, it's kind of a combo because I want it to be like the songs that Jack Antonoff and Carly Rae Jepsen have together. Mm. I Where, figured Carly Rae would be your number one. Yeah. That is like the main vibe yeah, that's I would true. want. We should have just, I, I can't believe I didn't even think about just Jack Antonoff, anything he does. He's just our best one out there right now. And... They're, some of the, my favorite songs of both artists are the ones I've done together. Yeah. Same. Hate That You Know Me So Well by Bleachers is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, like, really, really fun. I just want, like, one of these fun, kind of bouncy, super fun theme songs. Yes. And Want You In My Room is so amazing mm-hmm. off her new album. But not necessarily that exact song because... No, because I don't relate to that. <laughs> I'm alone in my room. <laughs> but that is the sound that I really want to convey for my theme song. I love um, it. Did you have any bonuses? Yeah, two bonuses I was thinking of. Um, the band Now Now. Mm-hmm. I love their sounds. Love <laughs> their sounds. It's a weird way to say that, but it's how I feel. I love Now Now sounds. I love those sounds Now Now. Um, again, super catchy, but that's some dark pop. Yeah. And I was also thinking Best Coast. Oh, yeah. Best Coast would be good. Very sunshiny, especially if my show were set near the beach. It would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, capable. What about the very... lake? Salt Lake. Yeah, I could go to the lake. <laughs> I'll have to go there more often. <laughs> 
yeah, because that's very fun, but also very capable of like conveying a lot of emotions. Yes, it's not. It's all like these kind of upbeat, poppy sounds that have depth. Yes, my bonus ones are um, generationals. I love all their music a lot, and it's all really upbeat, catchy, like techno-y. Not techno. That's the wrong word. Like I don't even know how to describe it. Like. Just like electronic sound. Yeah. Yeah, electronic is better. I like it. Um, I've never listened to them. I feel like you would recognize some of their songs. Okay, I'm gonna check them out. Um, and then the XX. I feel like oh, they could make a really great song. I'm so mad. That's such a good one. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Well, even freaking intro is instrumental, but it's like yeah. such a good song. Mm-hmm. Those are my those are my answers. I like, we had some good, we had differing answers, and they were all great. I feel like they summed each other up pretty well. Yeah. And one, I feel like they'd make a great playlist. Oh, totally. One I was thinking of for you, too, is, like, kind of Lord vibes. Yeah. Very dark pop. Mm-hmm. She could, like, write great songs that wouldn't even need to be sung by her. Yes. To I agree. that. Yeah. She could make an instrumental album, and I feel like it would be amazing. Yeah, it would. Cool. Well, yeah, I loved your answers. Thank you. I loved yours. Thank you. As far as news goes, I don't have anything too crazy um, other than Queer Eye announced that they're coming back for season four on July 19th. So soon. It's because they They, record all those episodes in the same city and and then split it up. They like chop up the season. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but oh well. I hope that it's not a situation like last year where it seemed like season two were like the discarded ones. Yeah. Which it's, it reminds me of what you said last week about, what were we talking about where you felt like it was like the leftovers? Black Mirror. Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering, hopefully it's not like that. The thing is, Queer Eye is so enjoyable that even the The like second tier episodes are still good and fun to watch. Yeah. They just don't like hit you in the heart as much, but it's still fun. It's just, I just want to spend the day with our guys, our friends. Exactly. My one piece of news is that one of our faves, NoHo Hank, Anthony Kerrigan, from Barry, is going to be the villain in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3. Oh, really? Yeah. Look at this picture. He's so cute. <laughs> That's hilarious. So Where, not- is that going to be on Netflix? No, it's not t- really TV news. It's a movie news. Oh, okay. But because it's him, I'm just really proud of him. True. Our favorite TV star. Yeah. I hope that someday he can be cast in a role where he's, like, (laughs) the protagonist and not the villain. (laughs) Bald people can save the world, too. Then they should. Okay. Good Omens on Netflix. It's on Amazon. (laughs) But it is funny that you say that (laughs) because there is a petition... I was that was the one thing I had to say about this show. <laughs> well, I'll let you say it. Just that there's a petition by um a bunch of Christians, over 20,000 Christians who have signed on to have Netflix cancel Good Omens, but jokes on them, it's on Amazon. But apparently I signed that petition too because I thought it was on Netflix. <laughs> Taylor is one of those Christians. <laughs> An angry Christian. Well, maybe she is an angry Christian, but not because she thought the show was blasphemous. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Do you want to give your brief overview? Yeah. So Good Omens 
I think it's classified as a miniseries. It's based on the book Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. And basically, and which I've never read the book, so I'm only going off of the show. I don't really know how they compare. A brief summary I read of the book, which I looked up when I was trying to figure out some parts of which was going on. Um, it seems pretty close to the book. But basically, Michael Sheen and David Tennant play um, an angel and a demon, respectively, who kind of become friends over the course of, like, the world's history. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, the Antichrist is born, and their jobs are to kind of, like, they're both trying to, like, kind of steer the Antichrist one way or the other, but there are a lot of mix-ups along the way, and so there's, like, just, like, a ton of things that go wrong, and now they're trying to kind of, like, correct uh, the course of history, basically. Mm-hmm. Wow, even listening to your explanation of it, really, I learned a lot. <laughs> I was very confused watching it. I think this stuff just goes, like, way over my head. It's just not my favorite genre. As I was watching Good Omens, which I thought was fine, I my main complaint with it was that it felt... I just don't like show that feels so long. Yeah. When I can tell that it's long, that is... It just... I'm bored, um... Even if an episode, I mean, obviously we talk all the time about how much we just wish everything were half hour, (laughs) but there are obviously episodes of shows that are longer and you don't feel how long they are. That's how I feel about like Killing Eve, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. This one, I kept checking the time and being like, wow, there's still 30 more minutes of this one episode. And it felt like it could have ended an episode earlier. But overall, sometimes the opening credits scene didn't even happen until like 30 minutes into the episode. Yeah, which I wouldn't say is necessarily a bad thing, but it was, it really messed with my sense of time. Yeah, for sure. But overall, I wouldn't say I disliked it. I thought that acting was good. It's a cast of people that I like to Mm -hmm. watch and things. And the effects I thought were pretty good. I, I think that Michael Sheen and David Tennant were both really likable. Mm-hmm. I I, go, I went in really liking them, and I still like their characters a lot. I kind of wish the whole show was only about them, because I thought most of the side characters were dull. Yeah. But I thought they were great in it. Um, I also... Well, but anyway, while I was watching it, I was like, Taylor's not going to like this. Because <laughs> I... You don't lean into... Like, you don't gravitate towards, like, very whimsical things. Not at all. And this was extremely whimsical. It, a lot of things reminded me of the show Pushing Daisies, which I love. That one's such a faster pace that I prefer that one. Obviously not at all because I was offended by anything in this. I think it's funny. I feel like the these Christians who are petitioning it probably never watched it. They probably were angry when the initial book came out back then, and so they're mad that they made a show. Because I almost thought it would be, like, more offensive. But to me, it was just kind of like a fairy... It was was like a show about the Bible and about God and the devil and stuff, but, Mm -hmm. like, said as a fairy tale. Yeah. And to me, that's... it's not real. (laughs) Like, it's not offensive at all. It read... And maybe that is what they're angry about. I haven't looked into their petition very much at all. They're probably maybe upset that they're treating the Bible like it's a fairy tale. Yeah. And as it is fictional. 
But I think that's potentially an interesting way to look at the Bible, so... It kind of reminded me... You're going to be offended when I say this. While I was watching I can't it, wait to I, find out how. I kept thinking about the movie Mother. <laughs> no, I actually thought that same thing. Okay, great. Um, Here, you tell me, wh- like, which parts specifically, because well, I... It's just, like, as a whole, Jennifer Lawrence, that, that movie that Jennifer Lawrence is in, Mother, um, and it is, like, all an allegory for, like, the Bible. Yeah, right? like, the whole Bible the story. The whole Bible story. And that's what this was, too, except for it wasn't really an allegory. It was very literal. Yeah. But what were you going to say? No, well, basically the same thing. Just, mm-hmm. like, kind of a take on the Bible. Yeah. But it is true. I almost, I think I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Mother. Because yeah. I like that it started out telling you what it was. Whereas Mother, like, tried to be artsier. Yeah, that's true. And then by the end, I was like, okay, so this literally is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, I mean, it starts out there literally, like, have angel wings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Adam and Eve. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Literally. Um, I think some people are upset, too, that they have um, God being portrayed, portrayed by a woman. Which, why? It's like, get over it. <laughs> also, it's like, you don't even ever see God. No, it's just I... It's the voice. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that either. Yeah, it's stupid. I really think they must have been angry that the book existed back in the day, and then they were like, they made a show of this? Because they clearly didn't watch it, because they thought it was on Netflix. Yeah. It's, hal- it's honestly hilarious. It is. It really is. Did you have any other, like, specific things you didn't that bugged you about the show? Um, no, I think you covered, I had the same thoughts that you had about reasons why you didn't like it. Um, I would say, again, I thought it was a little confusing. Like, it answered some of my questions, but like at the very end that I wished it would have answered before. Like, are they time traveling? Or like, how are they traveling from place to place? Like, how does that work? The the two main characters, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Which, and again, I was also was confused about their role and, like, what they were supposed to be doing with the Antichrist. I felt like that wasn't really explained very well at all. I, yeah, I don't think it was either. There was one conversation they have that that is kind of what I'm going off of when mm-hmm. they talk about how they were trying to, like, either steer him toward good or evil. Mm-hmm. And that's, it was, like, a later in the, in the season. Yeah. It just doesn't really show them doing anything with the Antichrist person until it's, like, too late. Yeah, which I think part of that, I think it was that's, like, part of the plot. But even when they start out doing that, they kind of only, they, like, give up (laughs) early on. Yeah, I don't know. I just, and I think that would have been more interesting to see is, like, their involvement with that, the Antichrist. Antichrist. I agree. Antichrist? Antichrist? I don't really know how to pronounce it. Antichrist? Antichrist? Either way, it gets the point across. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Because I kept wishing that I was only watching the David Tennant, Michael Sheen's characters Mm -hmm. and them dealing with their bosses, which you should probably talk about because of who it was. Well, and that was another confusing thing. I was confused that, like, who of who these characters were like uh david Tennant's bosses i was confused as to who these people were well because they weren't actually like satan no they weren't actually satan like you just said 
And so it was confusing. Because you could tell they were, like, from hell. And they, like, they out-ranked were, like, him. Gross and, like, wore dark stuff. Which but, was like, also funny because David Tennant looked kind of hot. He did. He looked great. And I was happy, besides his crazy eyes. But he wore sunglasses most of the time anyway. Yeah. So he really lucked out with mm-hmm. his outfit. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Sheen's b- big boss um, was played by the one and only John Hamm. So that was probably my favorite part, but he wasn't even in it very much. No. But the parts that he was were really good. Yeah, he was really funny and good. Yes. And it was, he was playing it so straight that it was a really funny contrast with, like, the whimsy of the rest of the show. Yeah. So that was really fun. Mm -hmm. And there's a part where he's running in a gray sweatsuit and (laughs) take that for what it is, but it was great. (laughs) Yeah, it was hot. It was spicy. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I'm pretty sure in that episode, the the thumbnail in Amazon is of him in a gray mm-hmm. sweatsuit. And I was like, So I knew it was yes. coming. <laughs> That's the only way they got me to watch another episode. Hey, they had to throw something in there for you. <laughs> when they know that your instinctively dark heart doesn't want to have a little whimsy little fairy tale (laughs) no it does not (laughs) it's so funny too because i couldn't remember if you've watched pushing daisies and now i know that you definitely have not Mm -hmm. and i don't even think i know anything about it it's a really fun show but i i love it but i don't know if it's one i would recommend to you yeah just because i just don't think it's your cup of tea i i think that this show is a very specific type of show yeah and some people will love it and, like, I think that this is one um, that I would recommend to my mom. She okay. loves this kind yeah. of stuff. And I think she would love, like, the scenery and how it looks. Yeah. And, um, like, how it's narrated. Mm-hmm. That is... Um, By Frances McDormand. Yeah, we didn't say that. Yeah. Um, She's God. Yeah, she plays God, which is great. Yeah. But yeah, it's not definitely not a show I'd recommend to everyone. If I had watched it, I would not have recommended it to Taylor, for example. <laughs> I think it had its flaws. Pacing, I think the pacing is just my main complaint. Because I overall liked it, but it was a little, a little even too much whimsy for me. Kind of by the end, I was kind of like, like, a, like you know, it's like a like a sugar rush. Yeah. It was very sweet. Yes. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, but... Um, I was expecting it to maybe have even more, like, darkness yeah. in it, considering it's about hell. Yeah. That's, I don't really even have that much so else to say. So if you like Whimsy, if you like the book, if you like Pushing Daisies, this one's for you. Yeah, exactly. If you don't like those things, you don't have to watch it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm glad I did. It's interesting the weeks that we watch things that we never would have watched otherwise. Mm-hmm. I always think that's... A, a unique kind of fun, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. it's like the OA. Like, I never would have watched the OA yeah, if we hadn't true. done it for this podcast. And then I don't have any regrets, even though I wouldn't say I absolutely love the show, but I don't regret watching it. Yeah. It's good to expand our horizons. Mm-hmm. But on to a must-watch. <laughs> In my personal, humble opinion. <laughs> Happiness Begins. The Jonas Brothers documentary on Amazon was perfect, and it was everything I ever wanted from a documentary. 
Watching it, I was just like, my jaw was on the floor because I was like, how did they get footage of this? Like, how do they have all of this? Like, they have footage of Kevin talking to Danielle on the phone. That was the part I was just thinking of. They were married and he's like inviting her to a show and Joe and Nick are like teasing him so bad. And the whole time I was watching it with my sister and we were just like dying. Like, who was filming this? How did they get it? And I would never have, if I became famous, I would never have good footage like that. No. And I, like, um, <laughs> like if it were like a year after that had happened, I would be too embarrassed to keep, I would be like, delete that. And then like 10 years later, I'd be like, I wish I had those embarrassing times. <laughs> so kudos to them for keeping all these because they were so totally. cute. Yeah, it was a great documentary. One thing, okay, because it's kind of like interlaced with those little like current day clips of the three brothers hanging out Mm -hmm. and eventually i loved those but at first they felt really fake when they were like trying to get into it they're like is they're having a conversation that's like isn't it crazy that how far we've come (laughs) and i'll be like you're not you don't talk like that maybe kevin does well there's (laughs) but then by the end i was like oh this is like getting pretty raw and i was really happy that they had it So that was good. It was just, like, the initial awkward ones, which I'm sure were awkward to film. Mm -hmm. So that is real. Well, they claimed that it was, when they were filming this, was, like, the first time the three of them had been together, like, all alone in, like, years. Which I'm, like, hesitant to believe, but I don't know why they would say that if it wasn't true. Um, But I was like, well, that's interesting that they were able to film that. So they, so in their timeline that they're saying about the documentary, they're... They filmed those little clips before. But one of them, like, in Australia in that house, like, doing the fishbowl questions. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yes. about. And, like, when they're in those caves in Australia and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that, they're saying that those were the first times they were all together. And I think Before it's filming the their new album? Yeah. Okay. Like, deciding to get back together. Okay. And kind well, of working through all of that. I was really sad when they were talking about how they all felt about each other when they broke up. Mm-hmm. That stuff was really good. It was a really good documentary. Yeah. Um, I felt like they, it was genuinely sad to see how heartbroken, like, for example, Joe, how he was like, I couldn't do it on my own, and I felt like a failure, mm-hmm. and then they tell me they don't want to do it at all anymore. Like, it was really sad. Even as, like, a big Jonas Brothers fan... There were things in there that I had no idea happened. Like, um, after they decided to break up, Nick and Joe still did a concert and sang Jonas Brothers songs, but Kevin wasn't invited and wasn't there. Like, I had no idea that that even happened. Yeah, I never heard of that. And that was so insane to me and so sad. It was really sad, especially as someone who's, like, joked a lot about Kevin Mm -hmm. being, like, the forgotten, no one cares about Kevin. Um, and that was really, it was really sad. Yeah, after seeing that, I was like, I'm never making that joke about Kevin again. No, well, I'll tell you that one of my notes is I'm more attracted to Kevin than Nick. Oh, Nick's my number three. Nick is the bottom. Yeah. I don't think that, I think that Which is big for you to say. Because Nick was my number one growing up. Yeah. That, those, there's all this footage of curly-haired Nick, and I'm like, ugh, I had the hots for him so bad. Well, and it's funny because, like, we always knew Joe had curly hair, but for some reason, they tried to make him kind of, like, 
the scene style, like yeah, straightening, straightening it all the time. Yeah. So I always loved Joe the most, but I always was sad that he didn't have his hair curly. Mm. So now, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> Get it to be curly again. Yeah, I loved it. I'm really in- their dad is so funny to me. <laughs> how he'd be like, oh yeah, Nick would be like, ooh, like trying to show how good of a singer he also is. <laughs> Not that he's a he's as a good singer, but it was just really funny to me. I was just pleased that they got an interview with their security guard, Big Rob. Big Rob. Big Rob for life. I was so happy to see him. Um, I also did not feel like there was enough Frankie Jonas. Okay, that was rude. There was like a little tiny interview at the very end in the credits. It was literally during the credits. I'm like, the bonus Jonas? Yeah. like Maybe Maybe he legit opted out. But if he was willing to but be talked to at all, yeah, should have been at least in the regu- the real part. I would watch a documentary just about him. Like, how does it feel so to be I. like the fourth brother mm-hmm. that's not in it? Yeah, maybe it- his life rules. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of questions. He just graduated in some type of music production thing. Interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of details. Clearly, did he help with their uh, new album? Do you think? I don't know. Probably not. While we're on the subject of people who needed to be in it more, my main notes were not enough Taylor Swift, who's a big part of Joe's life as yeah. a fresh uh, Jonas brother. Mm-hmm. I'm sure um, they weren't allowed to. I know. It was funny because they did show when Nick was a guest on her tour. So she was technically in it. True. Um, I also had forgotten how big a hit Jealous was, like, stupidly. I just kind of <laughs> forgot because... I was like, yeah, he really didn't take off with his solo career for a while. And then I was like, oh, duh. Jealous was, like, huge. Yeah. But it was fun to relive that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not nearly enough Demi Lovato. No, they didn't even talk about her. They didn't even show a picture of her in Camp Rock when they were talking about Camp Rock. No, and, like, Nick toured with her. Um, Yeah, like, in the last three years. That I think I remember reading that once Demi went through rehab and stuff... I think that she hadn't followed all of them. No way. So I think there might be some bad blood there. That's so sad. Which is really sad. I feel like I had been under the impression that they kind of helped each other through hard times. Yeah, so it makes was me sad too. So when I had read that, I was pretty sad. They did smoke a lot of weed together. Yeah. I know at least Demi and Joe did back in the day. Yeah. Like them and Miley always talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Miley, I loved how Nick got so girl crazy because he was in love with Miley. I forgot that love bug was, like, written about her. I don't never knew that. And that's, like, my favorite Jonas Brothers song, so I was dying. Oh, another one of my notes is, hey, I liked Jonas. (laughs) Their TV show. But the show was funny. Season two. Wait. Is that, what's the season where he was like, I regretted season... Season two. Season two. Yeah, Nick okay. went off on that, which I totally get what they're saying, and it was super dorky. Yeah. But I remember thinking that season one was funny, mm-hmm. and I was impressed that they had pretty good comedic timing. Yeah. Especially Joe. Because mm-hmm. I remember Kevin, they just gave Kevin all, like, the dopiest lines, like he was supposed to be the dumb one. But they, like, showed this scene where they all trip over this garbage <laughs> can, and it looks so dumb, and it's so funny. I know. But yeah, I liked that show. I thought it was fun. But I'm glad that that's really the only negative thing they had to say about their time on Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, No, they they were like pretty positive about Disney because they're they're the only ones who gave us a chance. Which, I mean, really, like watching how they basically were homeless, Mm -hmm. like their whole family. Yeah, that was another interesting thing was like the turn uh, of the church 
to them was very interesting. Yeah, that was crazy. I didn't know about any of that. The whole, um, that's something I wish I knew more about, and I'm kind of excited about that. You know that HBO show that's coming out? Mm-hmm. About that family, like the yeah, televangelists? Adam yeah, with, yeah. Devine. Adam Devine. Divine? Their names are Adam too Devine. similar. It's not Whatever. our fault. <laughs> that one, and John Goodman. Mm-hmm. We know how to say his name. Um, but that is like an industry I'm very fascinated by. Same. Where it makes sense why their dad was so protective of, and like, if, if like this whole town could, would turn against their family just because they were not making a Christian rock album. Yeah. Like their songs were still so tame. Seriously. Like these were little good boys. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. Yeah. I also wish that I, at the time, had known about their, like, punk rock album, because I would have been obsessed with them back when that came out. Oh, that's funny. Because I didn't really know, I didn't know about them until Disney Channel, and by then I think I was, like, in college. (laughs) But if I had, I was just imagining, like, if I had been in middle school and these, like, adorable three brothers had come out with, like, a pop punk album, Mm -hmm. I would have been in love with all of them. Yeah. I've loved them. For a very long time. Yeah, you're a diehard. Yeah. So, I was very pleased. Yeah, it was a fun documentary. And it was just, like, fun having all those songs stuck in my head. Yeah. They're just... It's a really fun era of the Disney Channel. Yeah, it really is. So, if you have any sort of room in your heart for some happiness, go watch Happiness Begins <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> um. Okay, who is your crush of the week? I had to go with Joe. Jonas. You know, I was going to try to switch mine up and go with Joe, but I'll go to, I'll go to my normal one. <laughs> I was just going to give you... I mean, you had to. I thought. <laughs> You're okay, fired you, if you, you don't. You can have Joe. I can have John. <laughs> All J's. <laughs> um, I already always thought Joe was the hottest Jonas brother, but I really loved seeing... The footage of him as a kid, how he was, like, kind of the goofball. The Joe show where it said Joe Ho. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious. so funny. And how he's, like, just a very sensitive guy. And when he was, there were some parts where, as an adult now, he's remembering certain things and he's crying. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, he is just a really sweet, good person. And um, at the end, when he was talking to Kevin about priorities and he was like now that i have sophie like i would literally do anything to spend 20 minutes with sophie and i was like crying (laughs) it was the most romantic thing i've ever heard yeah it was beautiful and i mean like he's with sophie turner who is perfect so they're just perfect and i love that yeah i do wish i would have loved to see more about they should have interviewed the wives i would die to see that footage maybe that's episode that season two or the sequel. I would watch that in one heartbeat, especially because I'm dying to know all the details about how they started dating. Mm-hmm. And I'm still so curious about Nick and Priyanka. Yeah. There's they a lot of holes that we need to They, they need still, to fill. like, Nick scored. Yes. And I'm really, I want to know those details so much. Yeah. They still kind of, I'm into that. I love, I love the Jonas Brothers and their wives. I think that just seems so fun. But I still have just a lot of questions about that yes. one. It still is a little weird to me, just because he's like seems like a little boy still, mm-hmm. and she seems like this like beautiful grown woman. <laughs> it's just weird, but whatever. Weird. Um, so yeah, I've got to go with Joe. Okay, well then I will. I guess I'll have to take John Ham. 
Um, what a bummer. His gray uh, tracksuit, sweatsuit thing that he wears just really brought out his gray hair and his head. Yeah. And then he has, like, purple eyes in it. Yeah. And he just looks really, really perfect. I loved him also in, like, his turtleneck blazer mm-hmm. outfits. Yeah, that was a good... Those were good, too. He's a guy who should wear a turtleneck as often as possible, I think. Yeah. So he should move to Utah so he can wear them more often. You know he loves Utah. He loves the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. He loves to wear lumberjack winter clothes. <laughs> wow. Well... Hopefully this episode brings you good omens. <laughs> and your happiness begins. <laughs> Actually, hopefully, hopefully your happiness began 40 minutes ago when you started listening to this episode. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>